0: All right, folks, we've had quite the time. (laughs) It is, um, it has been a respite for the soul to be here with you during this Holy Week season. I'm grateful that you allowed me into your home, allowed me into your hearts, and hopefully that the messages that you've heard have meant something to you and will stay with you long after our time today. Uh, We are on the fifth of our five sermons, and I hope that you all will have the opportunity at some point to be able to hear them together and to be able to ruminate and share and to see what the Lord says to you in that regard. Um, I want to lift up a couple of passages of scripture that will buffet our time today. Uh, The first piece will come from Corinthians where it simply says, Has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God and through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those that believe. For Jews demand a sign and Greeks demand wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles but to those who were called both Jews and Greek. And then for the second part, we'll lift up about the gospel, where it simply says, among those who went to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. For the time that's ours today, I want to extend the thoughts that we've had about a cathedral, a cross, and the crossroads. That's been our meta theme. And for our last installment, I'd like to share briefly from this thought, wishing for weakness. It seems strange that those who seem to have everything would still wish for something else. It seems that the Greeks had everything that civilization would provide. They had a rich intellectual her- heritage. They had philosophy. They had thoughts about God. They had thoughts about the extension of the human family. It seemed that the Greeks had knowledge to anchor them. The wisdom that ascribed to their culture and then being taken over by the Romans and this mixing, this Hellenization, caused an interesting ferment at the time. For as Jesus is on the scene, he's also emerging at a time in which there were other gods competing and vying for what would be understood to be the way. Jesus, understanding this, being God in flesh, emptying God's self of God's self to be with us for this earthly sojourn, now confronts this world and leaves it wanting to know, Is there something beyond the wisdom of man? Is there something beyond what man offers to be supreme? These Greeks in the text, maybe they are Greeks from the Decapolis, that group of Greek provinces not too far away. Or maybe they are Greeks who came because they heard of the Passover and of this Jesus fella, who's healing, he's feeding, He's lifting, he's resurrecting. And for those who have tried to understand and to gain a sense of God through wisdom, it seems that this Jesus dances on the periphery of their understanding. As they try to apprehend and understand God with what they have come to know, they realize that what they've come to know, the innovation of culture, the love of wisdom, has left them wanting, needing something deeper, needing something richer, and yes, needing something eternal. And so during this Passover season, these Greeks, speaking in unison, finding a disciple of Jesus, they approached them and have uttered some of the most interesting and captivating words ever put to page in the Christian scripture, sir. We wish to see Jesus. Now that baffles me. It seems that they have it all. It seems that society is moving to grab them and to hold them in the center of what has seemed to be important. But yet they understand the limitations of their age. So it seems that that question echoes through eternity past and finds itself in our lap today because there is a generation of people. There is a world that is waiting to see this Jesus. But unfortunately, all we show them is church. We have a world that's looking for the resurrected Savior and the power that transforms lives. But all we offer are hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. It seems that what these Greeks needed was so important they spoke it in unison because the urge was that deep, the need was that great. They recognized like we recognize that we gather today because we need to see Jesus. And unfortunately, the disciples that he's deployed in his service just won't do now, on one hand, I'm glad that the world felt that it was good to be able to find this Jesus by asking the disciples. But it's also interesting that their request was never quite resolved. But I was left with the question if they were looking to see Jesus, what were they looking to see? What would authenticate their encounter? Seeing Jesus? talking to Jesus, I surmise that by looking at the readings and how they were positioned, that there is something deeper for us to find. The Apostle Paul, as he dips his pen and ink and writes on parchment to those in Corinth, a church that he loved but is struggling with, he writes to them, explains to them, the importance of the power of God and the paradoxical way in which God works. Paul is essentially saying to them that you want to see Jesus, the Jesus that you're looking for is not the one that you might be in need to find. For Jesus, in many ways, shows us the weakness of this world. For God did not come to us as a Caesar or he did not come to us as a wealthy Roman patron, but in fact, God came to us as a dissident, as an insurgent, as one who came to upend the order that structured their days. But when we look at the ways in which Jesus penetrates the periphery and gets to the core of what's important, we recognize that in finding and seeking Jesus, We're wishing to encounter God, but we're not wishing to encounter God and the strength of God. But in fact, in Jesus, we see the fragility of God. We see the tenderness of God. And the world to that weakness presents its pseudo strength, violence, oppression, political chicanery, and murder but in pursuing this Jesus and pursuing this way of the cross what we end up finding is that by pursuing God's strength through God's weakness we are then brought into everlasting life it is in this text that we find ourselves like the Greeks and it's in this text we find that the world is like those same Greeks looking for a Jesus, but not necessarily the triumphant king that we've come to love, but the suffering and wounded servant that finds himself on the boot end of Roman oppression. As we think about the nature of our days, technology provides us so much in terms of being able to go from here to there. 3G, 4G, 5G, the world moves with rapidity as we go from outer space to cyberspace, as we go from the universe to the metaverse. You would think that with all the wisdom that we're accruing, that we will be smarter and better off you would think that young people being more connected than any generation ever before would be happier when in fact they realize that there's a limitation to what human beings say is innovation, to what human beings say is wisdom and what we say is smarts, because it could be that our own innovation will bring us to our very end. Because as a culture, we recognize that we need to see this Jesus. This Jesus that we're needing to see is a Jesus that must go down and then come up. Jesus said, if you want to see me, Greeks, you will see me in this way. The seed must go into the ground for it to rise up again. There is a giving away of oneself. There is a recognition that this earthly body is a seed that we invest the weakness of ourself. we put into God's ground so that God can draw strength from our experiences. But I know that's hard. Having to look at our own frailty, having to look at the ways in which we failed God, the ways we failed self, in the ways we failed our neighbor. We are sitting at this crossroad where we are, like Jesus, seeing the cross ahead and recognizing our responsibility to die when we see it. Dying those small deaths every day in many ways are harder than that one act of martyrdom. Many Christians will give their life in the moment, but struggle with the day-to-day giving of oneself, the planting of oneself in the ground, and trusting that God will make all things right. In this age and time in which so much is being lifted up, politicians are lifted up, athletes are lifted up, celebrities are lifted up, and with social media and the cell phone, we lift ourselves up to get demi-god status. But that is not the answer for the world. That is not why the world wishes to see Jesus. They don't wish to see Jesus so they see our flesh highly lifted up. But they wish to see Jesus because they know, like the words of the hymn, we must look to Jesus and live. It is looking to him, the author and finisher of our faith that gives us the perseverance to go and gives us the strength to stand. And yes, it seems like foolishness to put our faith in a God who was hung high and stretched wide. But if all death can offer is terror, our God has snatched victory from his jaws. As we gather During this Holy Weekend, we think about the sacrifice of our Lord. Understand and recognize that when we wish to see Jesus, we wish to see the tenderness of God. And when people come and they say they want to see this Jesus, they want to see that Jesus in us. So when the world cries out, is there any answer? Is there any hope? We don't have to lift ourselves up. But we lift up the one who has come before us, who is with us, and will meet us on the other side. Amen.